I always freestyle, so I feel like I might as well freestyle again. I was trying to get some type of idea of what I was going to come on here and say, but I would just say what's on my heart. And what's on my heart is that I just feel like I hope it's not that it sound. I hope it doesn't sound like it's the same thing I always say, but what's pretty much on my heart is that you know I noticed that things I don't things are starting to feel and I'm trying to put it into words because it's almost like sometimes I can't put into words the way I'm feeling but things are really starting to feel like I don't want to just say weird things are really starting to feel like they're I don't want to say that they're slowing down but they're but there is just this feeling where it feels like whatever force, whatever witch, demon, sorcerer, wizard, warlock that has been monitoring me and attacking me and torturing me and tormenting me and just watching me this whole time. It feels like they're trying to, like they're wanting to ease away, like they're wanting to slip off, they're wanting to sneak off, they're wanting to, I feel like, They're wanting to sneak off, but they're afraid of sneaking off. Or not afraid, but, you know, it's a mission. I know that they're on a mission from the enemy. They're they're on a mission from, from Satan. And they're wanting to sneak off, but they're like, wait, you know, because, like, we have to. Like, don't you know, like, how do I explain it? Like, in the shows when the villain is trying to sneak off from the superhero, after they're distracted with something else, they always try to tiptoe backwards out of the room. That's what it feels like. Like they're tiptoeing backwards out of the room and trying to like ease off and sneak off while I'm distracted with something else. And that something else would be this new job that I got. And also like I was looking into going to school, going back to school. But they can't because they're afraid that as soon as they leave or as soon as they are right, you know, on their way out the door, right before they hit the door, I'm going to snap out of it. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to realize I've been distracted and just jump back into action. And then they're done for and they know that. So I think what's comforting about the situation is that they know that they're done for. At least they know that. Like, at least they're sure about, you know, what I'm capable of and what I can do. What's, what's the obvious frustration about the situation is that I'm distracted with something. And it's it's so simple and it's so easy to say, well, then since you know that you're distracted, that's half the battle, then, you know, put it, whatever it is down, like put all of whatever it is to the side. But if you were in my situation, like if you were in my shoes and I don't want to make excuses, you would never be able to. I don't even know. I don't know how to say I don't want to speak for you. But what I'm saying is, is I just don't feel like it, it's it's easier said than done. It's so much easier said than done only because I put whatever it is down and then it's still this back and forth, 
you know, tit for tat. Like, I don't want to say tit for tat. It's not tit for tat with me, but it's still this back and forth constantly, 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 24-7, all day, every day, the same, the same thing. Like, it's not the same thing, but most of the time it is the same thing. And it's still this back and forth all the time with this individual. And so it's like, I'm trying to, I don't want to say I'm trying to switch up the flow of things because I'm. that's not really even my intention. I don't know what to expect with this individual. First of all, yes, I do. I do. I know what to expect with this individual, but this situation is... I, I'm not expecting anything of it. I'm not, well, I'm expecting God to come through, but I'm not expecting anything from it as far as, in, you know, me doing something and changing the flow of things because, well, yeah, I guess I just know what to expect. I know what to expect and I don't. No, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say it. I just, I just know what to expect, but it's the frustration of just knowing that, you know, I would have to completely put away and put down everything in my life in order to focus on this back and forth with this individual. Like that's been my biggest issue the whole time. My biggest issue the whole time from jump has been that this person wants me to give them my, my undivided attention and you don't, you're not entitled to that. Who are you to me? I don't care what you feel like you're clearly entitled you're clearly, you know, self-absorbed. You're a lot of things. And you're not about to entitle yourself to every every bit of my time. You're not about to do that. No, you're not. Like, and this is so frustrating because it's like this person has lost their entire mind. But I can't, you know, lose mine with them. That's what they want. They want me to stoop to their level they want me to give them my full undivided attention they want me to be you know it's just like the joker and batman like everything a joker does he's like i know batman's gonna show up all i have to do is make something explode all i have to do is set something up where some innocent people will be in a subway etc all i have to do and it's the same every it's the same old same old the joker sets something up batman chases him catches him he gets out he sets something up batman chases him catches him he gets out says something up like it's the same thing and even though everybody comes back to watch because his joker always has something different up his sleeve i guess it's always the same thing and oh, what do I look like? What do I look like? I'm not about to sit around and just, you know, I'm not like every single time you want attention, every single time you want to be noticed, every single time. Like you clearly have some type of issue where you ha you lacked attention growing up. And now you figured out that this is the only way that you can get it. But I am not the person to search for that for. Like, search for attention in God. He'll give you all the attention you need. Because why do you need my attention? What is wrong with you? It's frustrating. And a lot of times it's like, I could say that it's only one individual, it's only one person who's reflective of this, but it's it's like a like I wouldn't say it's everybody I ever meet. I'm sorry, only a few people I've ever met have not been reflective of this. I think it's something about my personality, something about my character that makes people want to, you know, have my attention. 
I don't want to give you my attention. It's like, I'm not, I'm not like that. Like, it's not that I don't want to give you my attention. It's just that when you're demanding it in such a way, do you deserve it? No. If you deserved it, you'd have it. You wouldn't have to demand it. Something's wrong with you. Clearly. And it's frustrating because I am like, okay, if you're, what makes you think you're so special? Just because you're demanding attention from me. How how many people in the world that is demanding attention? How many different people in the world who wants this much attention too? Why don't I just go ahead and give all my attention to everybody who's demanding it in that way? If that is the case, what makes you think you're so special that you deserve it all? You're not special. Like you're... You're not like you're just like everybody else in this world. Nothing about you. I'm sorry. Not nothing about you is special. I guess actually you are special. You are special to God. But what you're not about to do is demand my attention. You're not about to demand my life. You're not about to demand my full undivided attention for however long you feel like you need it for. Get a life. Get a grip. You really need to get a real grip on life because it's too short and it's too unpredictable. As much I don't care. As much as you think you can control whatever it is that you're doing, as much as you think that you can control whatever it is that's going on and around in it on in life, you don't have any control. You really don't. Literally anything can happen at any time. And I don't care how good you think you are at this you're not that good nobody's that good that's just period and and if you really feel like okay that sounds like a challenge you i mean you're just headed for destruction what can i say what can i do you'll see soon that's all i can say like that's that's what's going to happen it's not me threatening you or anything that's just what's simply going to happen like and it's frustrating to me because it's like i have spent way too much time clearly enabling you it's can't, it can't only be you. It can't only be your fault. It has to also be some of my responsibility. I've obviously spent way too much time enabling you, making you feel like you are supp- you are entitled to this a much this much attention when you do the things that you do. And the reason why I feel like I enable you is because I care. I actually care. Because I can honestly say right now, if I did not give, if I did not care at all about you. Or anybody like you or anybody in this situation, if I didn't have, you know, a genuine heart about these type of things, I wouldn't like you wouldn't have a cent of attention from you wouldn't have a second of my attention. Why? Because I wouldn't care. But why do you take advantage of people who care? That's a problem. That's really a problem. But my problem is actually allowing it. Now, the only thing that I was, well, the main thing that I feel like is so important is that the reason why I allow people to take advantage of that, I don't want to say I allow, I don't want to say I allow them to take advantage of that. They genuinely just do. But the reason why I'm a, I'm willing to give that amount of attention and care to someone because of God, because I feel bad, I feel obligated to show people, you know, the way, you know, because I see you're demanding this sort of attention from me like I'm somebody special. I'm special, but to God, and you're special to God. So the only thing that I can do is really show you the direction and to get the attention that you need or want or, you know, 
could use whatever it is, whatever situation you have, I can show you where to get that attention and it'll be, you know, it'll be fulfilling. You'll feel, you'll be fulfilled. God is going to do it in such a way I could never do. See, with me, you're constantly demanding and needing this attention constantly because I'm only human. I could never do or be, I don't care what type of idea you have of me in your head. I can never do or be whatever it is you're requiring. Only God can do that. So I feel this sense of obligation to point you in his direction because that's what happened with me. That's what happened for me. I can't say that I was ever specifically you, but I can say that I had, you know, similar situations or similar things about me. And God helped me out of that. God's helping me out of that. I'm not even all the way through or finished. I'm a work in progress. And I'm not, this is not to judge you or to make you feel any kind of way. And I'm sure you probably disagree, but you're going to. Because you, you don't care unless it's what you want out of it. But what I'm telling you is that God can help you. I can't, though. Like, I can only help you get to God. I can't help you, though. Like, I can't, I can't be the person that you, you know, run to or depend on or even um, think about or consider whenever you want to demand some attention. That's an issue. That's a real issue because my patience is running very thin. And regardless of how you see it, how this goes is I end up, you know, completely retracting 100% to the point where I do not care about you at all. And when I don't care at all, then you get zero attention. Then you have to find someone else to get that attention from. But you'll find that, you know, if you, you know, the the other, you know, there's a reason why you're coming to me for that attention. Because I actually care and you're taking advantage of that. Now go to somebody else and try to demand that much attention. And you'll find that somebody will do you so bad. They will really hurt you. And you know that. And that's why you you take advantage of me. Because I'm patient or I'm trying to be so, I just feel like, you know, some people, they don't ever get it until it gets to that point. Some people don't ever understand. Most people don't ever understand until it's too late. No, most people don't really care until it's too late. And when it's too late, it's too late. It's too late. You don't get to say, oh, you know what? Oh, my gosh, you're serious. You were serious. Oh, you really were going to do that. Oh, my gosh. You really were actually who you said you were. Like, you really, like, this whole time that you have been warning me that you were going to do this, you were actually going to do it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I take it all back. No. That's done. When I'm done, I'm done. And people take advantage of that. People take advantage of your patience until you have none. And I know that you're probably hoping that, you know, I'll end up, I'll end up done in a way where I'm giving you my undivided attention now in a way that, you know, is completely, I don't know, irrational, irrational, but no, I'm not because God is keeping me. God is keeping me. I know he is. I thank him so much every day for that because 
what I'm going to be done, when I'm done, it's going to be that I'm I'm completely retracting 100%. Like, I don't care about you. I don't care. Like, I'm going to leave that up to God, meaning I don't care if you even was dying. I don't even care if you were dying at this point. Guess what? You're going to have to, you're going to have to die. I'm going to tell myself, I'll pray for you. That's in God's hands. Because at the, like, you can't keep taking advantage of somebody's actual genuine care for you. Because then they don't. And I'm sure either you've been deprived in some way or you just have some sort of, you just, you're entitled. You have a chip on your shoulder and I don't have time. I really don't have time. But, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining a lot. I really don't want to sound like I'm complaining about complaining a lot because it can get to that. It really does get like that and it, get, it gets to sound like that. Like you're complaining a lot. Or like, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're not going to do what you're saying you're going to do. But I guess that, you know, I feel like this, this whole port, I mean, excuse me, this whole part of this situation is me like, really like, this is the last, like, I'm really like on that, like when it's getting so, 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 so close. And I'm trying my best to warn you. I'm trying my best to tell you. I'm trying my best to not give up on you. And at this point, it's getting to the point where I'm actually, you know, considering, like, that's probably what you want. You want me to give up on you. Like, whether you know it or not, you really just want me to give up on you. And I don't know how you see it or what's going on in your mind or how you're operating. Like, I know how, but it's like I I can't really put it together why or why you feel like that's okay. But, like, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like the outcome of the situation. I don't care how you try and make it look or seem you're not going to like the outcome of the situation because when you move like this, you get exactly what you're putting out. You reap what you sow. What goes around comes around. So not only are you going to lose me, and I don't know if you care, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever. That's just what it is. Like, I'm not about to sit around, you know, oh my gosh, like feeling bad whether you care or not, you know. I am who I am regardless of how you act clearly. But... You know, not only are you going to lose me, but you're also going to either run into somebody who's the complete opposite of me and drains you exactly how you drain me. Or, you know, you're going to become you're going to try and become that person that you were supposed to be after I'm gone. And it's not going to matter to anybody, just like it never mattered to you. That's pretty much the same thing I just said. But, you know, what goes around comes around like you, you. We all, we love to do, as what we love to do as people is sit around or sit somewhere high or wherever we are thinking that we're better than somebody or thinking that we're doing so much better than somebody or thinking that we are in a position of power and this person isn't. And God loves that so much because it's the perfect opportunity to humble you and show you that you're no better than your brother or your sister. So you need to take that into consideration when you're doing things like that, when you're actually taking advantage of people's kindness, when you're taking advantage of people's genuine care for you, when you're taking advantage of people's humanity, like I call it humanity. I just call it humanity because it's just what makes me human. It's what makes me human. So when you're taking advantage of that, I just think that, you know, 
God loves that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I feel like he loves that because he's like, you know, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be so merciful. I'm going to be so gracious. And I'm going to give you every chance. It's like, it's be it's so obvious too, though. It's, it's like, it's amazing how obvious it is to us. But we don't actually take heed. Like, I'm, I'm not exempt from this. But it's so amazing how obvious it usually is for us where it's like, like the like they're literally like God's literally showing you right in your face, right in your face. Like it couldn't have been spelled out no clearer. It couldn't have been no clearer. Like, for example, God is like, okay, like oh, excuse me, with the rich man and Lazarus. How how obvious was that? Lazarus set out. I mean, the excuse me, yeah. Lazarus set outside the rich man's house with leprosy. And he begged for food and he starved. Every single day, the rich man came out, saw him, and went back in his home and he ate a big healthy meal. And he drank, he drank a lot. He drank, you know, expensive wine and great wine. And he ate great and he drank great every single day. And... Lazarus would say, you know, can I just at least get a crumb? Can I just get a crumb of your food? And the rich man every single day would say, why am I obligated to give you anything just because I'm rich and you're not? And he would go in his big house and he would just, you know, not care. And every single day he would see Lazarus. He would see him. And it seemed so obvious, like, okay, I have so much and he has nothing couldn't I spare just a little? Couldn't I spare just a little today? You know, someday, any day. And Lazarus died. Lazarus died of starvation and neglect and outside this rich man's home. And nobody cared. Not the rich man, you know, like nobody cared. And then Lazarus goes to heaven and he's blessed so abundantly, so much more abundantly than this rich man has ever lived in his whole life. And then the rich man dies and he goes to hell. And he's pretty much in a way worse position than Lazarus could have ever been in, even with his leprosy and his starvation. And the one thing he asks Lazarus for is just a drip of water. Just a drip of water off his pinky finger, just off the tip of his finger in order to cool him down because he was burning so hot in hell. The Lazarus, even after being neglected each and every single day with leprosy, starving and seeing him eat, eat great every single day, even still wanted to help, but couldn't. He said, listen. I can't. He said, you did what you did to get where you got where you got. When I was when I was poor outside of your home, starving to death, you never helped. You never helped me. But even if I wanted to give you that drop of water, I couldn't because you're in hell and I'm in heaven. Like it's a block. I cannot help. I can't even feed you. I can't help you. Not even if I wanted to. So Lazarus is pretty much saying, I'm not even you, though. Like, 
because I'm in this position doesn't mean that I automatically just I'm enjoying seeing you suffer. Like I would still help you. Like this this situation and what's happened now is not an indication that you know I was waiting for to be in this this position. No. I would still help you. I wish I could help you. I just can't. And at that point, the rich man has accepted his position, even though that's a very hard position to accept. You're burning for eternity in hell. And it's worse than you think. And he says, okay, I know that I can't have, you can't help me. There's nothing you can do for me. But I still have four brothers who are still alive on earth. Can you please go tell them about hell? Tell them about me in hell. He said, they already know just like you did. If they won't listen to Moses, they won't listen to me. He said, no, but you have to tell them about me being here to warn them. He's like, there's no way that that will make a difference. If they're anything, if, if they're going to hell, they're going to hell, period. That won't make a difference. It won't change a thing. And that's just one of the examples. That's just one of the examples of kind of like how people are, you know, how people tend to be like when we're so comfortable, when we're, you know, when we're okay ourselves, we don't worry. We don't care about nobody else. We don't think about nobody else. We don't consider nobody else's feelings or position or any of that. You know, we just don't care. But when we're in that position, when the same thing happens to us, when we have, when we are made to feel and, you know, we are placed in a position to be made to feel exactly how they felt, then we feel like circumstances should be different. Only by then, though. Like, it's so easy for each and every single last one of us to be, you know, like we are so grateful for Jesus for dying on the cross for our sins that we could have a lot of different things to say, you know, but to actually be Jesus who was perfect and sinless and died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, it will give us a whole new outlook on life and forgiveness and acceptance and understanding. So... That's one thing I'm definitely working on and learning. That's one thing I'm definitely, you know, trying to apply in every single aspect, in every single portion, every single part of my life. I'm trying to apply that part. Like, it's way too easy to say it. It's way too easy to have an opinion on something, to cast judgment when you don't know what it's like, it's way too easy. For example, last year, last year, you know, I was, Jesus had given me peace. And I genuinely believe that with this peace that Jesus gave me, that I was in heaven on earth. I, it felt like I was in heaven on earth, right? And I remember, like, growing up, I always used to say, I used to always talk about the occult people who sold themselves to the devil and people who sold out for money. 
and people who are in covenant with the devil and just all of those different satanic things like people worship the devil and they thought it was okay or cool or whatever like I always used to talk about that and I used to be like how like you know I never understood it I never truly understood it I always thought it was so weak I always thought it was the weakest most cowardly most I don't know. I just thought it was always an easy way out. I always thought it didn't require any amount of strength. Like, I thought it didn't require any amount of integrity. Like, I I felt like it was just pathetic. I felt like it was genuinely pathetic to sell out. Because God, you know, he's so, he's so loving. He's so generous. He lavishes his love. He lavishes his everything on us. And materialistic things, yes, they are enticing. I'm not exempt from being enticed or tempted by materialistic things or desires of this world. Like, I still do have flesh. But not having integrity and not having morals, not having a moral compass, is just, I feel like there's always that block there that's like, and stop turn around wrong way you're doing like no like wrong decision wrong answer wrong way turn around you're doing it wrong you're going the wrong way you're wrong and i've been wrong and i've ignored those signs before but what i've realized in my life though is that you know god has never allowed me to I feel like go too far. He's never allowed me to go too far. He's never allowed me to reject him. He's never allowed that. And what I've been debating and what has been so confusing to me is whether that's a reflection of my personality, my character, my moral compass, and my integrity. Or is that reflection of God and him choosing me? Because it's not in our goodness, it's in his. And honestly, so many different times I was enticed in this world. If it ever had been up to me, if it ever had been my about my goodness or because of me and what I'm capable of and what I'm doing in this world, I probably, I wouldn't say I would ever be there, but I'd be, you know... I'd be wrong in a lot of different areas. So much worse, so many different times. I won't say worse, but... All sin is equal. So, you know, whether you're over here worshiping Satan or I'm over here just, you know, not following the Ten Commandments, it's equal. And that means all of them because your 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 sin is idolatry. Your sin is worshiping false gods. My sin could be lying. My sin could be cheating. You know, my sin could be stealing. All sin is equal. So it's not, my sin could be judging. So it's not that I am feeling like I am better. Because a lot of times my question is, how come, Lord, you kept me and you didn't keep them? Because I know that I am imperfect. I know that I make mistakes. I know that I sin. And I know that, you know, if you can help me and save me and keep me from these things, you can save and keep anybody from these things. So why didn't you save and keep them? 
So that's the biggest question for me because it's not about my goodness, it's about his. And I realized that the the what I'm trying to what I'm, what I'm where I what I'm trying to understand and what's most confusing, excuse me, is that you know somehow some way you know because of free will and because free will exists i had to choose first i made the decision first so i'm sure it's a lot of people a lot of people who have their reservations who have their judgments who cast their judgments and they feel that they're in a position to do so and a lot of times I know, and I'm very, I'm very, 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 you know, aware that it's not because of me at all. I can take no credit for these different things that are happening in my life. It's God and God's goodness. I know that. So what from what and where, like in what position and where, what point? Was I able to listen, take heed, or choose God? And then I'm sure that you were, you know, introduced to the same option, the same choice to make, and you didn't. So, of course, somehow, somewhere in that situation, of course, I am responsible. Of course, I do have integrity. Of course, I do have good character. Of course, I do have a moral compass. Yes, of course. I made the right decision. Yes. But I don't always do that. So, and I'm also aware that God is influencing these right decisions. He is not making them for me. No, by no means necessary is he doing that. Because if God were making all the right decisions for me, then I'd never be wrong. But... What God is doing is he is giving me a preview, not even a preview. He's giving me good advice. When I am faced with these options, when I'm faced with these choices, God is telling me what's possible. He's telling me what could happen. He's telling me what might happen. Not might. He knows what's going to happen. He's telling me what usually happens if I make that choice. So, for example... The choice to, you know, sell out for money. God is like, if you make this choice, then you will face a bunch of different adverse. Oh, excuse me. Adversaries, adverse, adversities. You will face a lot of problems, a lot of issues in that direction, and. By then, you will have no one to blame but yourself because you had the option to make the right decision and you chose sin. So you will have to deal with everything that comes with that. I will still always forgive you, but there's consequences to your actions, consequences to your choices. So are you willing? Because I don't think it's always just this is you might like this is the stuff that you'll deal with. He's telling me a few things I'll have to deal with. Like, for example, you'll lose respect. You won't have don't no one respect you. Like you'll have respect from certain people, but it won't the respect won't won't be worth anything because they don't respect anything that's respectable. So you can have that. And then. There's another thing where 
the money won't ever fulfill any part of you that, you know, needs to be fulfilled. You won't ever be genuinely satisfied or happy. So there's that. Not only that, you'll be dealing with someone, an individual, a spirit, a power of darkness that stops at nothing and does not love you. Matter of fact, he hates you. You'll be dealing with that. And the only way you'll be able to get help from me, come out of that, and actually be fulfilled in life as if you come to me, if you come back to me, that requires giving that back. And it, it, it won't even be as simple or easy as just giving it back. You can just give it back. I'm merc- God is merciful and gracious. I can't say what he will do. He's forgiving. I know he'll do that. He's merciful. I know he'll be that. He's gracious and I know he'll be that. But you'll have consequences to what you did. So imagine selling out for money. And then when you want to come back to God, you have to make good on all of that that you did. In the Bible, it says that a thief has to pay back seven times over. He has to work hard and pay back seven times over. If he stole to feed himself, he has to work hard and pay back seven times over, even if he has to be a slave to do it. He has to pay that back, what he took. There's consequences to all sin. There's consequences to everything that we do. So in my understanding of that, you also have to understand that God is so merciful and so gracious. Like he loves you. There's no way to tell, you know, how he'll treat it and what he'll do. All I can say that I know for sure is that whatever you do, he'll match 10 times more. Whatever effort you put in, like you take one step and he's jumping you. He's jumping you ahead a few steps. Because that's how good he is. That's how faithful he is. That's how loyal and loving he is. He'll always be there for you no matter what decision you make. He understands what it's like to be tempted. He overcame temptation, but that's because, not that's because he's perfect, but he was perfect and sinless. So he didn't, you know, he wasn't susceptible to it, but he understands that we are. He, Excuse me, I want to say he understands that we are. Let me change my, excuse me, let me rephrase it. I will say that he understands what it's like to face temptation. And so he under he's understanding and forgiving. Doesn't mean he understands, you know, us doing it. Doesn't mean he understands us doing it. He just understood he just understands how hard it was in that moment to deny your flesh and deny this world. That doesn't mean he understands you doing it, because like I said, he didn't. And if Jesus is perfect and he is a a perfect example of who we are to be, we're supposed to want to be more like him. Then that means that he expects or hopes or wants for us to be able to deny our flesh. For us to be able to deny sin and be perfect and sinless. Yes, I know you've been told your whole life, there's no, no one's perfect. There's no way you can be, ever be perfect. But... If Jesus did it, you can do it too. Literally, that's what he says. You can be perfect. You can be made perfect. Now, that being said, I just realized that, you know, 
he's placed me in a position to like I don't he's he's placing me in a position to make a difference and be a change in a situation that has been I feel like different, very different than who I choose to be. So clearly that has a lot to do with the decisions that I make. It clearly has a lot to do with that. Because while I'm not perfect, clearly, you know, I'm making I'm I'm doing what I can. I'm making the right decisions when it comes to God and choosing him in order for him to put me in a position to actually help guide someone else or help someone else or be that example. Like, I think that if I'm going to spell it out, what it is, is in this situation, all of the people that were around and in this situation and in this like all of these people, they actually had convinced themselves, you know, it's all right because everybody's doing it. And not only is it all right because everybody's doing it, nobody's actually going to do that work. Nobody's actually going to do that. Nobody's actually going to choose God. Nobody's going to be that person. So, you know, why would I feel bad for, you know, not being that person? Show me somebody who actually chooses him. Because everybody does this and everybody's wrong. And so wrong must be right. And so God said, oh, challenge accepted. Because here's someone who, even though they're not perfect, just like you said, even though they're wrong and make mistakes, just like you do, they still choose me and still choose to fight for me and still choose to push on for me. And that's everything that you say it couldn't exist. That's everything that you lost faith in existing. You thought that, oh, somebody has to be perfect. Somebody has to be, you know, nothing like me in order to be choosing me. They have to be from a totally different world. But look, here's this person from your world, from around the things that you've done, made some, a lot of mistakes you've made, except they still choose me. Except they still choose me. And so now that I've shown you this person exists, you cannot use that as an excuse anymore to go on in in the manner that you're doing, that you're going on in. You're telling yourself that you're right because you haven't seen anyone from the position you're from or had to face the adversities you face actually still choose me. Despite, you know, the downfalls, despite the trouble. You haven't seen anyone fight for me like you fight for that. And so now when, now someone exists. And this person is go against the, going against the grain. This person is okay with standing alone in their fight because you also said that they wouldn't do that. Even if they were choosing you, you know what they also wouldn't go far enough to do? Stand against all of us. When we are oppressing them, when we are putting them in a position to make them feel like, why would, you know, it's so much easier over here with us. Because when you're over there, we're all going to bother you. We're all going to make it hard for you to choose what you're choosing. 
We're going to oppress you so much that you're not going to want to choose that anymore. You're going to eventually give up and choose what we've chosen so that we can prove to ourselves that nobody's actually strong enough to keep going. That's what we've been telling ourselves. We've been telling ourselves that we're not weak for doing this. We're not weak for choosing this. We're not cowards. Like, when it comes down to it, it's almost impossible not to be this person. It makes sense over here. Even when we're not choosing this, even if we want it to be over there, even if we want it to go that way, even if we want it to make the right decision, it's made impossible with all these different forces that's keeping you from God. Not only are the, all these different forces keeping you from God, they're fighting you. They're hurting you. They're taking everything away from you. And if I can't eat, I can't sleep, I can't work, I can't, you know, socialize because everybody is and everything is going against me to keep me from being that person, then I just can't be that person. And that's my excuse. And guess what? Here I am. Here I am. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who like to say, uh, no, that's not true. But I'm telling you that it is. Because if I were ever going to give up because of, you know, those situations and those circumstances, I would have given up by now. The fact of the matter is, you know, they've been trying to take everything from me. They've been trying to isolate me and take away the, you know, support. They don't want me to have any support or anybody to depend on or anybody ag- agreeing with me. They want to isolate me, you know, oppress me, back me into a corner and make me feel like I'm alone. So I wouldn't have that, wouldn't have validation in any form besides from God. That's okay. Not accepted, that's fine. They've tried to take away from me the opportunities, growing opportunities. You're not going to grow here unless you conform to something that we're telling you to conform to. You're going to have to be like us. You're going to have to do what we've done. You're going to have to, you know, fold or bend in some shape, way, or form. You're going to have to be reflective of what we've done. You're going to have to show less integrity. You're going to have to show less strength. You're going to have to violate something about things that you said that you never do, things that you know aren't right. You're going to have to violate some part of that. You're going to have to in order to even survive here. Otherwise, we're not even going to let you survive. There's no way we could. There's no way we would. What else? You know, everything that you're fighting so hard for, We're going to make it so, 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 so very hard to see the good good in that, the good reasons why you're doing that. We're going to place you in such a position where when you look at that and you think, "What what am I even doing this for? If I have to go through all this, what am I even doing this for? And we want you to give up. We want you to see, we want you to not see the benefits in what you're doing. We don't want you to benefit from doing that. And the only way I see it is to you, you're so, you feel called out. You're so intimidated. You're so intimidated by the fact that 
you are so like you're wrong you've been wrong and guess what even in all of the excuses that you've made in all of the excuses that you've made what you're realizing is that it's still possible so you really have no excuse and so now all of those guilty feelings that you have been able to bury because you've been telling yourself everybody does it nobody's actually doing the right thing all of those guilty you know feelings that you've told yourself that you know matter of fact actually this wrong is right and then right shows up and your wrong is actually wrong and it's unignorable now all of that you know that's all showing up again that guilty feeling you can't shake because as right as you want to feel or as justified as you want to make yourself when you can no longer justify it because everything has blown up in your face then you have to shoot the messenger you have to find somebody to blame now like i said to you i'm not perfect and i'm sure you could bring that up all day you're not perfect I am not perfect, so that should ha- that should be the very reason why you don't attack me. That should be the very reason that keeps you from attacking me. That should be the very reason that tells you to mind your business. Or a matter of fact, that should be the very reason that encourages you to follow my lead. Because I'm not perfect. Yet instead, you'd rather, you'd rather oppress me. Because it's so much easier for us to change you than for all of us to change. Like, we will all have to start doing better. We will all have to apply ourselves. We will all have to actually put in effort. None of us are even trying to be good people. We would all have to try if you're here trying. So it's so much easier for us to get you to stop trying than for us to all start trying. But it's not happening just because you are so, you know, full of your sin. And that's not me judging you. Just because you're, well, just because you're so, you know, adamant about being wrong or trying to treat wrong like it's right or making it okay, making it the trend, making it, you know, the norm. Just because you're so adamant about that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Now, I'm sure before now, before me, it was kind of hard to see that you were satanic, that you were demonic, that a demon demons were working in your life in and through it. Some people may have noticed, some people may have ignored it, but it's a lot of it's a lot of people who weren't even, you know, who weren't even aware So when I show up and I show you how deep that really goes, how deep that rabbit hole goes, how far in you really are, your only reaction is to attack me instead of attacking it. Attack the issue. Attack the problem. Attack the plague. Why are you attacking me 
that's what's so frustrating. Now, it's so easy. Like I said, it's so easy for you to sit over there with all those people who are validating you. It's so easy for you to be validated over there with all those people, I'm sure. But I've taken the noble route. I've taken the clearly, most obviously, harder route, harder way to go. And I've decided I'm okay. I'm okay with God. I'm okay regardless. Even if you persecute me, even if you oppress me, even if you hurt me, no matter what you do, I'm going to be okay as long as I have Jesus Christ. I've accepted that. And that's not, you hate that. You hate me for that. And there's, and please tell me how you don't see that that's demonic. You know it's demonic. You know who you are. And that still doesn't mean that you get to stay that person. That still doesn't mean you get to stay that way. Now, if you're fighting to get out after you know who you are, then, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to do so. But if you are, if you aren't, which I can't believe that, you know, you don't want it to get rid of that demon. Like, it's hard for me to, I think that the most of the, you know, the reason why you attack me is the hurt and the pain of wanting to get rid of this demon that you have been coddling and feeding and nursing this entire time. It's so much easier to lash out on other people, I understand, than to actually address the issue within yourself. So it's the perfect opportunity. It's the perfect opportunity to stop feeding into these narratives that just because everybody else is doing it makes it all right. It's the perfect opportunity to stop feeding into these narratives that you need this validation from these people who don't know what they're doing. It's the perfect opportunity to feed into these narratives that to stop feeding into these narratives that the blind can actually lead the blind. None of you guys know what you're doing. You need Jesus. You can't do it alone. You're lost and wounded and starving and desolate without the Lord. But that being said, you know, like I said, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a messenger. I cannot, I cannot do it for you. I'm not your way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The only thing that I can do is point you in his direction. That's all I'm here to do. I'm not here to make myself feel like I'm better than you. I'm not here to make myself feel like, you know, I'm self, I'm not self-righteous. Like, I, you know, I try not to be, if that's one of the flaws or if you feel like I am, like, I'm working on it then. Because I'm working on every part of me that needs to be more like Jesus. I'm trying my best. I can't be perfect. The problem with being in this position is you're supposed to be there, Jesus. You're supposed to be their savior. We already have a savior. He already died on the cross for our sins. I'm not him. I'm like you. I just chose him. 
So, you know, I don't like to get that mixed up either. I don't want, you know, you to feel like I'm your savior. I want you to know that I chose our savior and you can too. That's what I want. But I guess a lot of people just, you know, I feel like a lot of people get this, you know, shoot the messenger thing. Like a lot of people have this shoot the messenger mindset because instead of, you know, doing what needs to be done, they'd rather take it out on me. You know, and what am I doing? All am I all I'm doing is what God asked me to do. Like and honestly, I can't even really spec I'm I'm really trying my best to, you know, I don't know how to describe that because God chose me and who I was and I didn't even know. Like all I saw myself doing was praising and worshiping God. All I saw myself doing was trying my best to work on my flaws and try my best to be more like him, trying my best to draw night to him and hoping for a better future. That's all I was doing. I never had intentions on, you know, exposing your situation. That's never what I wanted to do. I'm not judging you. Jesus decided that I was the perfect example. Jesus decided that he wanted to put me in this position because of who he saw me as, not who I saw myself as. Jesus saw in me what I didn't see in myself. He sees in me what I don't see in myself. So this is not by any means necessary me trying to condemn you or make you feel like I'm better than you or that I'm even in the position to, you know, be better than you. I don't know what like I could say. I was going to say, tell you what to do because I know what you can do. I would never say that. But Jesus is right there. Like, you know that he is because only Jesus can make such a situation like this even possible. Because you know what you're doing. You know what you've contributed to. You know that out of everything that you've done and all these things that's going on, you have almost made it impossible for somebody like me to even exist. So you must know that this is not my doing. This is Jesus' doing. There's no way I could possess this power. I know that even you would attest to that. That being said, you know who this comes from. You know who it is. And you know that you can't shoot me. You can't. Well, persecute me all you want, whatever. You're going to do that. But it won't make a difference. It won't make a difference. If it makes you feel better, then okay. I guess, you know, as long as you feel better. But other than that, what are you really doing? You temporarily made yourself feel better, and that's okay. That's good. And that's um, that's all that matters, right? What next? After you temporarily felt better for persecuting me or, you know, shooting me down or making me feel bad for what I'm doing, what's next? What happens next? What do you get out of it? What are you intending to get out of it? What are you hoping happens? And whatever does happen, I hope that it's everything you ever wish it was. I hope that you get everything that 
you want it out of life. I really genuinely do. I'm praying for that. I'm praying for you. But other than that, you know, it's just an empty gesture. So uh, after a while, those add up to nothing. 